Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. Good morning. It's good to be home. And I want to welcome anybody who's visiting for the first time and also Clarissa. Good to see you. Welcome back. And uh, if you had any questions about uh, getting out of bed and getting to church this morning, I want you to know you made the right decision. Anytime we make a choice to position ourselves to experience God, you will not be disappointed. And we are trusting, we've been praying for you and believing God to do good things, important things in you and through you. And so welcome if you're visiting for the first time. So uh, just a, a little adjustment to one of the announcements. We talked about um, the men and women's breakfast. Yes, that includes all of us, uh, but it is not a potluck. Uh, breakfast is provided. And so that's why it's important for you to sign up so we get a proper head count. And so just know that um, just come with a hungry heart and your appetite, and we're going to trust God for a good time with Pastor Jojo and Ida. They're going to be with us. They arrive Tuesday morning, and uh, we have some good things in store this week. Well, there is one person that I'd like to give uh, a special welcome, and that is Pastor Elmore. Welcome back. So would you like to come on up and say hi? 27 years. For those who don't know, we were planted by Victory Manila, Every Nation Church in Manila, 27 years ago. Back then, many of the regional leaders were college students, and they came out here on short-term missions trips. And there was wave after wave of teams that visited the University of Guam, and eventually a Bible study started, and 27 years later, um, look at what God has done. Amen. We had the privilege, Terry and I had the privilege of being able to go back to Manila to, I'll call them our mother church, and uh, be a blessing in return. Uh, we did a two-week counseling course with uh, pastors, campus missionaries, and church staff. And uh, we have a picture for you. We'll put that up on the screen. And so 24 students, 25 students, uh, the one circle in red, these are pastors of their counseling ministry at the church. This is Victory Fort. On the bottom right is Pastor Junjin, and on the top there is Pastor Emil. And uh, amazing ministry that they're having there, just tremendous need. Uh, so thankful for the privilege to be a part of what God is doing there. In the next photo, we have uh, two more people I'd like to highlight. This is Pastor Jojo Anita. They'll be our guest speakers coming. They arrive on Tuesday. And uh, they were with us in the class. Great time catching up with them and just being a part of what God is doing together. And then in the next photo, we have Pastor Sam and Nancy. Uh, they're really the ones who opened the door in Asia for Terry and I to be able to go and share what God has given us. And um, they were with us. Uh, they were small group facilitators. We, we felt so good to have them there as backup and to feel supported. And then the next one, this is Pastor Paolo's wife. This is Jen, uh, Jen Punzalan. We're so thankful to Pastor Paolo for allowing us, uh, trusting us to be able to come and be a part of what God is doing in their church. 
And so um, we were just honored to be there, and we want to honor them for allowing us to be there. Uh, this morning is full of lots of honor. I want to honor, I'll, changing the subject, honoring uh, those who were standing up here in my place while I was gone. Very thankful to Chris and to Jarrett and also Lawrence and, um, and Armin. Is Armin here? Okay, I don't see him. But Armin did a great job last week of helping us to understand that you have extreme high value in God's eyes. Um, we're like an extremely expensive pearl. Do you know the largest pearl in the world is nine and a half inches in diameter? It's like a small bowling ball. And it was found in the Philippines around the island of Palawan uh, by a Filipino diver. And uh, depending on who's doing the appraisal, it has been appraised anywhere between 35 and 93 million dollars. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. And when he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and bought it. This topic is very important to me because it speaks of our value. It speaks of our identity. You know, when I first came to experience God, I was 20 years old. As a teenager, I was a very lost and broken person. But over the years, as God has renewed my attitudes, ideas, and beliefs about who I am, God has changed me. God has transformed me. Never in a million years, when I was 20 years old, would I imagine the things that God has done and the things that he's allowed me to participate in. And the same is true for you. As you continue to walk with God day by day, um, what he has in store for your future is something that you can't even imagine. Ephesians 2 says he is able to do exceedingly, abundantly more than all you ask or even imagine. It's been an amazing journey. And so let's get into this word. There are two common interpretations of this passage. One interpretation is that Jesus is the merchant and you are the pearl. The other interpretation is that people are the merchant and that Jesus is the pearl. <laughs> Either one sounds pretty good, but which one is it? It really depends on your theology. You might think that Jesus is the pearl if you believe that you need to earn your salvation, if you need to pay for it in a sense. A better fit in light of God's grace is that you and I are the pearl and Jesus paid the price. The pearl of great value is you. And Jesus is saying, you have great value. Do you know how value is determined? Value is determined by the price that you're willing to pay. That's it. Value is determined by the price that you're willing to pay. And so if you want something, how much are you willing to pay for it? That becomes the price. Value is determined by the price you're willing to pay. 
And I want you to think about the price that Jesus paid. How much is that? Can you put a number to it? Can you, can you assign a dollar value to it? The pearl of great value and the price that Jesus paid is a picture of how much you're worth. Just soak in that truth for a moment. The pearl of great price and the, the pearl of great value and the price that Jesus paid is a picture of how much you're worth. This is about you. The pearl of great value and the price Jesus paid, it's about you. That was Armin's message last week. Today, I want to zoom out, and I want us to look at a bigger picture. I want us to consider our island. In the same way, you and I are extremely valuable to God. Did you know that this is also true of our community? This is also true of our island community. God loves Guam. God loves Guam. And I'm not sure we really fathom what that means. And I include myself in that. I'm not sure we really understand what that means. Communities are very precious to God. God loves Guam, and God has a plan for Guam. In the same way, you and I are made in the image of God. Communities also reflect the image of God. For example, for centuries, Guam has been a place of rest and refreshment for world travelers. And today, the same is true with over a million visitors every year. This is a place of rest and replenishment. We have some of the most beautiful ocean scenes on the planet. And there's something very special about nature. It's therapeutic. Just go down to the beach, just go down to Tumon at the end of a day, and watch all the tourists taking pictures of the latest and greatest sunset. I've been to a lot of places, and I don't see sunsets like what we have here. I call it the evening show. This is a reflection of something deeper. We enjoy beauty of the ocean, and we find something satisfying. This is a reflection of something deeper. Paul said in Romans 1, the creation speaks of the creator. The psalmist said day after day, night after night, the heavens declare the glory of God. Hebrews 4 speaks of the rest that is experienced only by trusting in the presence and the power and the love of God. This is available to you. And believe it or not, this is also available to the community as a whole. Communities in general have a special place in the overall plan of God. God sees, God uses communities. Communities are where people go to get an education. We're looking for purpose. We're looking for something to do. We're looking for where we fit in. We're looking for a job. We're looking for a place to do life. We are an island community. And the first communities that existed in history had a very bad reputation. The Tower of Babel was an effort in self-exaltation. Sodom and Gomorrah was filled with sexual sin. And other cities before the flood were continually thinking evil thoughts. But God had a better plan in mind for communities. 
God revealed his redemptive plan in the city of Jerusalem. During his last trip, Jesus went to that city, and when he saw it, he cried. He said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I have longed to gather you like a hen gathers her chicks. And you've seen this image. You'll see a chicken, looks like it's sitting down. You walk up to it, she rises up, and from underneath, all these little chicks come out, they appear. This is a picture of God's heart for communities. The merchant treasures the pearl of great value. The mother hen treasures her chicks, and Jesus treasures communities. Oh, Jerusalem, go to the next slide. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers. How often I have wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings but you wouldn't let me. Now here, Jesus reveals a love that is absolutely out of this world. Because here Jesus says, this is the community that murdered God's messengers. And yet in the same breath, he also says, how, I, how often I have wanted to gather you like a hen gathers her chicks. I'm like, wow. Really? Think about that. How could he say that? I mean, just put yourself in that statement for a moment. Imagine visiting a prison. If you could go in and visit somebody that you know killed somebody that you know. And imagine standing there and telling them with tears in your eyes how I have longed to embrace you and hug you. That's what Jesus is saying. This is some kind of crazy love that he is expressing in this statement. In the last two weeks, I've been meditating on this thought. I've been meditating on the idea that we are created in the image of God. And our value has nothing to do with what we accomplish or our failures. It has nothing to do with any of that. Our value is in the fact that we are created in the image of God. Period. And so despite what Jerusalem did to the prophets and the message and the messengers of God, God's heart for his people remains the same. This is also true of us. Guam doesn't have value because of what we do. Guam has value because, who, because of who made Guam. The island, the surrounding, the environment, and her people. And so because of this, Jesus cried when he visited Jerusalem. Later, Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane, and in the garden, something terrible happened. God's word tells us, he who knew no sin became sin, on our behalf. He who knew no sin became sin on our behalf. This transaction was so traumatic, the Bible says he sweat drops of blood. It was a reversal. He who knew no sin became sin on our behalf so that we could receive the righteousness of God. It was a reversal of the Garden of Eden. 
The moment that happens, the moment he took on our sin, another spiritual, another spiritual reality went into play. You know what it is. The result of sin is death. And so within 24 hours, he was crucified on a cross. Satan had been tracking him for 30 years, looking for an opportunity to take him out. And now, finally, he had won. Or so he thought. Little did he know that Jesus purposely entered into death. Jesus purposely went into the darkness of death so that he could take it in his hands and crush it and walk out. Literally, three days later, he walked out of the tomb as the champion. The gospel is the good news that God became man in Jesus Christ. He lived the life we should have lived. He died the death that we should have died in our place. And three days later, he rose from the dead proving that he is the Son of God and offering the gift of salvation and forgiveness of sins to all who would repent and believe. After Jesus rose from the dead, he appeared to more than 500 witnesses over a period of 40 days. The word 40 is symbolic. 40 is symbolic of a promise fulfilled. The people of Israel wandered in the desert for 40 years, and then they entered into the promised land, entered into the promise. A woman is with child, pregnant for 40 weeks, and then comes the promise of a new life. 40 is symbolic of a promise fulfilled. And so after 40 days... Jesus ascended to heaven to be seated at the right hand of the Father. And before he ascended, he told the disciples to wait for power from on high. And so they waited for 10 days. And as you've heard before, 10 is also symbolic. 10 is a symbol of testing. How many times was, was, uh, was Pharaoh tested to let the people of Israel go. It was 10 times. And so here the people were tested to see, would you wait on God to rely on him? And then on the 10th day, suddenly something miraculous happened. Suddenly on the 10th day, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking about the wonderful things that God had done. And one of the miracles is that all the foreigners who were witnessing this understood the wonderful things that God had done in their own language. What I want you to notice is this. Notice the people who were there. We'll put that up on the screen. Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, the areas of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans, Arabs, and all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things that God has done. Here is a map of all the people groups that were present at the time that God birthed the church and people were given the ability to witness of all the wonderful things that God had done. 
what happened, these are people in the community of Jerusalem when believers encountered the Holy Spirit. Now, what happened in Jerusalem is a picture of what God wants for communities in general. God's plan restores communities. There is an amazing documentary, if you haven't seen it, called Transformations. Um, you can watch it on YouTube. Transformations by George Otis Taylor. I highly recommend that you watch it. Transformations by George Otis Jr. Sorry, Jr. In this documentary, he documents revivals that took place in four places around the globe. One of them was in South America, and just amazing how God moved and just took a town that was in a terrible condition and just did a reverse and lifted it up out of its struggle and its darkness. Another was in Africa, <coughs> excuse me, in Africa, and uh, just an amazing story of how God was at work through the churches and just many people came to know him, just changed the entire environment of the town. And you know, when, you, when you're watching this documentary, if, if you're like me, I have this tendency to go, oh yeah, I've heard stuff like that happens like in South America, or stuff like that happens in some remote tribe in Africa. But the very next scene happens in Southern California, Hemet, California. And just, it was a drug capital of the West Coast. And God did an amazing work of just bringing people to himself and trans transforming the community all across the board, from the underground drug culture to government offices. Just an amazing story. My point is this. Whether you're a remote place in Africa or someplace in South America or a little island in the Pacific called Guam, God values community. God's eye is on the islands. And he has a plan for communities. He has a plan for Guam. Our community is like the pearl of great price. <coughs> we can go to the next slide. As you consider the story Jesus told about the pearl of great value, it's one, oh, thank you, but I have. You know, it, it's one thing to consider this for yourself. It's another thing to think the same way about Guam. And we have to deal with some obstacles, some hurdles to overcome in order to embrace God's heart about our place. There can be some thoughts, some thinking, some attitudes that we have deep down inside somewhere or in the back of our mind about who we are and where we are. And I want to address that because that can be in conflict with God's heart for Guam. So for example, have you ever had the thought that we are limited in what can happen here on Guam because we are so far away? You don't have to raise your hand, but you ever had that thought? Things are, there's, there are some limitations here because of our location, and we're small, and on and on. You can, you can justify with all kinds of reasons. How about if you live in Saipan? Is there a thought that if you live in Saipan, there are limitations? 
that maybe there are certain things we can't experience because we're even more remote. You know, I'm so glad that there was a pastor in Saipan who decided to go big and ask the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association if they would come to their little island. That's why we're having the Festival of Hope in February. Because somebody didn't buy in to that kind of thinking. This is what can happen if you choose to unsubscribe to ungodly beliefs and attitudes. Have you ever had to unsubscribe from an unsolicited email? Or maybe block a message? You know, when you unsubscribe, sometimes there's a little bit of a process to go through. I love it when it's just one click. But sometimes there are a couple clicks that you got to go through before you kind of get these guys out of your inbox. Well, in the same way, if you want to unsubscribe to some of the ungodly thoughts that get deposited inside, there's a little bit of a process that we have to go through. It's the same with our beliefs. You go through a process first to recognize what they are. That's a hard thing to do because the thing about a lie is you don't know that it's a lie. You just think that's the way life is. So you really need the Spirit of God to reveal what it is that is not consistent with him or his word. But once God does, and every once in a while, he will. He will complete the work that he began in you, and he will show you what is not right in your thinking or your attitude or your responses. And when he does, that's an opportunity for you to kind of grab it in the air and recognize, okay, God, that's not from you. And then to turn away from it, to repent of it, and to bring it into the light and put it on the cross where Jesus has broken its power and Jesus can remove its presence from having an influence in your responses and in your thinking, in your perceptions about you, about Guam, about life, about God, God is in the process of renewing our minds. And I'm not talking about facts. I'm not talking about academic. I'm talking about the beliefs and the attitudes that we have inside about the way life works. And God is able to renew our minds and transform us to see ourselves the way he does, especially now that you're in Christ. You see all those names on that wall over there? Those are not just individuals. They represent a community. And so if you put a list over there, I want you to think for a moment what nations, what communities, what people groups are represented on that wall. And just in your mind, just name those. Who's represented there? What nations, what islands, what people groups are represented? I'm going to put a map up on the screen. These are the people of our community. Like the visitors surrounding Jerusalem, these people are here on Guam. And I don't know if we realize the opportunity that we have. As we position ourselves to experience God and rely on his power to be witnesses, we can make disciples in Micronesia and beyond right here. Micronesia and beyond is already here. 
Just like the church in Jerusalem reached many people, God wants to use Guam to reach many people. The pearl of great price is the people of Guam. And I would like to add more names on the I am Andrew wall. By the way, if you don't know, Andrew was the disciple who met Jesus, and then he went and he found his brother Peter, and he brought him to Jesus. And so the list of names that we're putting on the wall represents people that we feel God has put on our heart to go and find them and bring them into an encounter with God. And if you didn't get a chance to post your list of family and friends, um, I invite you to get a blank copy at the book table there in the back. And uh, there's two columns. You can have one copy for you and one to go on the wall. Uh, for the one that goes on the wall, please, first names only, because it is being displayed. But if you didn't get a chance to do that, I want to invite you to do that. And In fact, I still need to put mine up there. <laughs> I have it, but just need to get it up there. If you didn't get a chance, I invite you to fill it out and put that up on the wall before you leave today. You, we, Guam, is the pearl of great price. And Jesus had paid the price. And I'm praying that God will use his thoughts to renew our thoughts about how we see other people on the island, how we see our community, and believe God so that we can rise up to what God intends for our community to be. You can always tell. When the kingdom of God invades a community, there is a redemptive lift. There is a shift in the atmosphere. There is a shift in, in whether or not we feel peace and joy and a sense of well-being and have the freedom to be able to flourish. And God wants that. God wants that for our island community. And so on that note, let's pray. Our Father in heaven, Thank you that we are created in your image. And as a result, we are sons and daughters of the King. And I pray, God, that you would transform us in our beliefs, in our attitudes, about ourselves, about others, about life, about our community, and most of all, about you. God, I pray that as far as our thoughts about ourselves and our circumstance, that you would remove the spirit of limitation because nothing is impossible with you. There is no condition you cannot change. <laughs> Lord, for those who raised their hand earlier for your healing in our bodies, God, I pray that you would enable us to align ourselves with you, to come under your word, under your authority and your power and come into agreement with you to experience what it is that you want to do. Lord, in any other ways that you are at work, I pray that you would conform our thoughts to your word and allow us to participate in what it is that you are doing. And so if you would take a moment, I want to invite you just to listen to God and ask him, Lord, what is it that you're saying to me? What is it that you want me to take away? What is it that you want me to apply?
And so we're just going to take a moment to linger. We have time and allow you to do some business with God. So I want to invite you just to turn your attention toward him and watch and listen. He might give you a scripture, however it is that he communicates with you and say, God, what is it that you have for me? And so take some time, just a moment, to do some business with God. While your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I want to address another group here today. As you're listening to me talk about experiencing God, that's something that you recognize has been on your mind lately. And perhaps you're here today not just to kind of do church, but you're really seeking. You're searching. You're looking And if that describes you, and you realize that experiencing God, a relationship with God is what you're looking for, I want to give you an opportunity to respond to him. And this is if you've never made a conscious choice to invite God into your life, if you've never made um, a formal decision. I want to give you a chance to do that today. And the way we'll do it is... um, Well, first of all, that you just make the decision in your heart. But then it's important that we express that to God. And that's what we call prayer. And so what will happen is I'll pray out loud. And then I invite you to pray along with me. Just hitchhike on my words. And God will hear you. But before we pray, I'd like to know who I'm praying with. And so if this is something you'd like to do, if you would, please... Raise your hand when I see you. When my eyes meet yours, I'll know that we're going to pray together. Let's pray. Father, I'm standing here today, and I want to experience you. And so I'm opening up. I open my life to you. And I'm inviting you to be in my life. I ask that you would show yourself to me. I invite your Holy Spirit to come in. I invite your spirit of love and forgiveness to come in. And I thank you for Jesus, what he did on the cross for me. I accept, I receive your forgiveness. And Father, I ask that you would forgive me for the things I've done which have been hurtful to myself, to others, most of all my relationship with you. I ask you to forgive me for just trusting and doing life my way. God, I ask that you would show me a new way. Lord, show me how to live according to your word. Lord, I pray that you would reveal yourself to me. I pray that you would enable me to encounter you and to grow in my relationship with you. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.